African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us uh, for a new week of African Dialogue. It is Monday once again. Thank you for joining us right here at 11 o'clock Central African time. Uh, This is African Dialogue, where we digest some of the biggest issues on the African continent. We contextualize them, mull over it, try to see if we really understand the context of them. So thank you for giving us your time on our frequency, 7230 kHz on the 41-meter band to Southern Africa. We're asking today, as an ordinary African, do you know the work of the African Union? And do you think the African Union makes a difference in our lives? So give us your thoughts. Uh, is it far-fetched? Is that is it the ad institution that's far-flung in Addis Ababa? You're not quite sure what it does. Let's have an interaction on our uh, Facebook page. Go to Channel Africa and let's discuss this particular topic. Well, the African Union 20th extraordinary session of the Executive Council was concluded this past weekend in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, where there were calls for strength and commitment in pursuing the African Union institutional reform process. The AU Commission Chairperson Musa Faki Mahamad officially opened the Executive Committee and called on the need for member states to embrace the reforms as they would enhance the operations of the African Union Commission. Mr. Mahamad further expressed disappointment at the low levels of implementation of treaties that are ratified by member states. He said it was unfortunate that some countries are not domestic some of the treaties that were sign- they were signatories to. He has since called on member states to speak around one voice when they speak on international issues, especially those that affect the continent. Well, to assist us on this, we have Coletta once again on our program. Uh, she's based in Addis Ababa, so she's going to give us her correspondence there and how she's seen the outcomes of uh, uh, this particular meeting. Is it different? Are we going to see more reforms? What are those reforms? Forms going to be that's Coletta Wanjohi, and we also have Emeritus Professor Shadrach Guto, who is still aligned with the University of South Africa. Coletta, let's speak about this particular meeting. I'll be honest, I get bored with these African Union meetings because it seems like a humdrum over certain things, and we don't really see things that are actually um, implemented on the ground. And I think uh, the chairperson had a, part, a particular point to make: the fact that we're not really seeing right. Ratification. We're seeing ratifications, but when it comes to implementations, uh, these treaties are not really being implemented in the way that the African Union wants to see them. Was this a different setting? Did you get a different environment in terms of the conversations that were taking place this time around, Coletta? Hey, thank you for having me. Well, uh, what is very true, it, was, it has been a concern over the years that resolutions are made at the African Union, ratifications are not done but the same leaders come back and say we need to move forward as a continent. So uh, that is basically what they were discussing for the two days. They were here yesterday and the day before, and they're talking about... 
We've lost Coletta there. Uh, we'll see if we can try her back. She's we're speaking to her from Addis Ababa, so we'll see if we can get her back. That line sometimes gives us a particular problem. But uh, let's bring in Professor uh, Shadrach Guto. What are your thoughts, um, Professor? I don't know about uh, the AU, but sometimes as an ordinary African, I have a sense that it doesn't really reach out to me as an ordinary African citizen. I'm not quite sure what they discuss, but I think some of the points that... Uh, um, Coletta was about to bring forward was the fact that, you know, we've heard so many issues around treaties being ratified, but really on the ground, we're not really seeing these issues being domesticated and being practiced on a local or a country level. What are your thoughts around the conversations that are taking place right now around the African Union, Professor Guto? I think that the important reflective uh, meeting of the leaders, uh, but it is not leaders who really make things work at the Africa Union. I think it is uh, the technical committees and uh, uh, ministers of uh, foreign affairs and so on. So it is important to say that politicians play minimal role. They just pass resolutions which are already drafted. Some of them do not even read what resolutions they are voting <laughs> sure. for or not. If you ask them, they don't even know. <laughs> so there is a report which was made by the Africa Union Commission on ratification of treaties, agreements, which are agreed on at the Africa Union, and it is pathetic to look at the list of uh, in that report, and I was said of citizens, leaders, but citizens to push their government to make sure that they ratify the relevant treaties, that they implement them. I think we live too much in the hands of politicians, and we have realized that they can do very little. They go there for two days, they go to parties and so on, and they get back. So I think we need to change even citizens' understanding of the ability of politicians uh, on attending all this and adopting resolutions. The second one, which in my view is very important, is that uh, you do have the funding issue of the Africa Union, and indeed it is pathetic also that many countries cannot even pay their assessed view and assessed uh, uh, contributions. Mm. And because of that, their roles at the beginning of the 20th century and the end of the last century, certain countries that were really driving forward the question of empowering the Africa Union Commission and those who are Libya, Nigeria, South Africa, Ethiopia, Egypt, and they were paying more mm. uh, in order to try and prop up the Africa Union Commission to be strengthened. But that's no longer quite the case. Mm. But even if it were, you can't have just about five countries driving the whole continent. The question is, what are the other countries doing? We are now 55 member states, 
and you can't have others just slumbering along and attending conference and passing resolutions. That's not enough. So we need, as African citizens, to stand forward and tell our leaders, you either lead us or you get out. It's not just leading the country alone, but being part of the African governance in order to lift Africa up, lift Pan-Africanism and African Renaissance, and we move forward. The yeah. other sure. aspect, which I think is very important, is the constitutive act of constitutive act of the Africa Union, which was adopted in 2000 and which came into operation in 2002, does provide uh, that the regional economic communities are going to be the building blocks uh, for reinforcement of Africa. But are they the building blocks? Because some of the regional economic communities are very weak. And, uh, and for them to be able to fund themselves and be able to contribute to the funding of the Africa Union, uh, it's difficult mm. uh, for them, both financially because they are declining and their, their national development uh, conditions are really terrible. Mm. So that's something also we need to be looked at. Okay, let me bring in Coletta back into the conversation, Professor Guto, and I think we have her back on the line. And uh, Coletta, you know, very interesting viewpoints that are coming from Professor Guto here, speaking about uh, uh, the funding issue. I know it came back once again in this particular gathering, but before that he was also speaking about this issue of implementation of treaties, but also how you also integrate the idea, that was his last point of uh, creating creating some form of symmetry from how um, the regional blocs can reinforce some of the work of the African Union. Um, for you, what were the key pointers in this particular gathering? I know you were speaking about the issue that was brought forward of um, the, the treaties and implementation of them. Um, you can continue where you left off, Colette. I know that we're struggling with these lines. I know it's in Addis but we'll be patient and, and keep going. Yeah, so continue. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, Coletta. Yes, uh, yes, I can hear you well. Um, I think Professor raises a very good point in the issue of uh, the regional economic mechanisms uh, of the African Union. There have been competition, and that is some of the things we had that uh, the head of state discussing as part of the response. There is one clear definition of roles for the regional economic bloc and the African Union. But that we have a situation whereby there is and not competition at the end of the day. So this is something they need to discuss, but it, it, it did not really come out very clearly or very, very clearly from the head of state summit. There are things they left out. A lot of things they left out they did not agree on. And President Kazania said uh, no, Kelita, we're struggling with that line. I think we have to let you go. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll continue the discussion with uh, Professor Shadrach Guto uh, just to make up for that conversation 
give you an update. We're going to uh, play a story that Coletta did uh, during the week looking at the outcomes of this particular gathering. Uh, we'll speak about uh, uh, the central role that it seems uh, uh, Paul Kagame is playing in terms of uh, pushing for reforms within the African Union um, uh, setting and uh, really also calling for more uh, pressure on uh, more transferable and uh, more equitable results from uh, the work of the African Union. Let's take a quick break. It's almost 20 minutes past 11 Central African time. Remember, on our uh, Facebook page, we're asking the question, uh, do you know the work of the African Union as an ordinary citizen? Do you think that more should be done to actually teach us, me and you ordinary people, about what's happening there? And uh, we're also asking, do you think the African Union actually makes a difference in our lives? Do we know any of its work? So go to our channel, Africa Facebook page and give us your thoughts there. Under the high patronage of His Majesty King Mohammed VI, Morocco is celebrating the 20th anniversary of AfriCities from November the 20th to the 24th in Marrakesh. But what is AfriCities? It is the most important democratic gathering in Africa. Morocco will welcome more than 5,000 participants, including 3,000 African elected officials, who will imagine its future under the theme of transition towards sustainable cities. AfriCities will host more than 150 sessions with an exhibition space of 8,000 square meters and 15,000 expected visitors. So, meet us in Marrakesh, the beating heart of Africa on the move. Channel Africa will be there and will bring you news and views of and from the event. So join Channel Africa between the 20th to the 24th of November at the 8th edition of the AfriCities in Marrakesh, Morocco. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa. Today we're looking at this uh, past weekend's uh, African Union gathering, which uh, was concluded, and uh, African heads of state have agreed to make uh, reforms within the African Union. And uh, they say that uh, amongst these are actually making sure that they adopt several decisions of the EU institutional reform agenda. Now, also what's important is the fact that the agenda is really, was really focused on how to improve efficiency of the continental body. That's been a big discussion over the years, the fact that we don't see real outcomes on the ground when it comes to the work of the uh, AU. Well, let's listen to this report since we're struggling with uh, uh, Coletta Wanjohi on the line. Uh, we'll just listen to the report and then we'll come back uh, to uh, Professor Guto to continue our discussion with him. President Cyril Ramaphosa left Addis Ababa on Saturday night and headed back to South Africa. His fellow heads of state continued with their second day of meeting on Sunday, where they adopted several decisions on the AU institutional reform agenda. They agreed to reduce the number of commissioners at the AU Commission from 10 to 8. The Political Affairs Commission has been merged with Peace and Security Commission, while the Economic Affairs Commission has been joined with Trade and Industry. These changes will take effect in 2021 after the current leadership at the AU Commission finishes its term. The chairperson of the AU Commission, Musa Faki Mahamad, says they also agreed to tighten sanctions on defaulting members of the union. How do you expect the Commission to implement its annual programs when you have contributions which amount only to 50% of the annual contribution? 
this is a reality and uh, today we have adopted a battery of sanctions to be imposed going up to the total suspension of the member state that can no longer participate in the meetings of the assembly or any meeting of the African Union. The assembly has agreed to be holding one ordinary summit per year and in place of its June-July ordinary summit have coordinating meetings at regional level. President Paul Kagame of Rwanda, who has led the institutional reforms agenda, says some member states are pessimistic that a strong African Union will reduce their national sovereignty. It is implied in a sense that when you are working for integration, you, you, you are sort of ceding some levels of sovereignty to the much bigger entity, which is either the region, uh, sub-region you are in, your country is in, or the whole continent. So there is not going to be uh, any doubt about that. It is well expected, and uh, I think the heads of state uh, understand this uh, as well. He says some member states have asked that more time be given for deliberation. All this kept coming up, and that's what gives rise to healthy debates, uh, first of all. People air their concerns, and from discussion we are able to generate a consensus and we move forward. It's, it's a slow process, it's a difficult process, but it's a process we have to undertake. The Assembly has decided that the African peer review mechanism be integrated into the African Union. This is an accountability mechanism that allows the African member states to do self-assessment on their governance and democratic structures. The summit has decided to push some more items for reconsideration when they meet again for their ordinary session in February 2019. Colette Onjohi, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Well, that is a report by Colette there who tried to get a... Uh, to get a conversation going with her while she's in Addis Ababa, but the lines are not really doing us any justice. But we're still staying with Professor Aguto to have this discussion around AU reforms and are we going to see an AU that is more... um, you know, strong when it comes to its implementation, especially on the ground. Professor Shedrick, could you let me come back to you in terms of some of the issues that you've brought forward. And uh, the big issue that you've brought forward is also the, the, the funding issue. And um, according to some reports, uh, AU leaders have agreed to re- reduce donor dependence. But you can actually make this particular a commitment to actually uh, not want donor commit, commitments, but you have to actually complement that with uh, an intra-donor system within the continent. And I don't think we have that set up yet. No, it has not been set up, but I would like to, from the comment you have just heard on your reporter from Addis Ababa, it has indicated that they want to reduce the number of commissioners from 10 to 8. But the reality is that at the moment they are 8, and therefore merging them and reducing them will bring them to 6, which I think is very important because there's a lot of duplication and uh, various commissioners and so on. Uh, they don't even coordinate in some of the work that they are doing. So reducing them from eight to six is something which is sounding positive to me. 
because I was one of the experts who helped to evaluate those who are going to be appointed to the positions of commissioners at the AU. Uh, secondly, I think the funding situation is a problem. You know the ANC, I mean the AU headquarters in Addis Ababa was a donation from China. They constructed it and they handed it to Africa and they said this is a gift to Africa free. Now, if Africa can't even build their headquarters of their regional body, uh, there's a problem there. And citizens ought to wake up and say, why, why, never again. So that is important. The other which I think, which was mentioned by your reporter from Addis Ababa, of the African peer review mechanism and its role. The African peer review mechanism was developed out of the... Hello? Yes, I can hear you. can continue. You can continue, yeah, the uh, Prof. Peer, the African peer review mechanism was developed from the New Africa Partnership Development, NEPAD, and NEPAD was trying to say Africa must now lead the future. It was a new vision for Africa. I personally have participated in a review mission to Nigeria, mm. and there are other many countries who don't want to be reviewed by Africans. So that helps you to look yourself in the mirror sure. from an African perspective and you try to improve and to this. Uh, remove out the weaknesses that you have. Sure. I think that the other aspect which to me is important is Africa to focus on its agendas. We already have a special meeting which took place in Rwanda uh, creating the Africa continental free trade area I think those are very important. Sure. Yeah. Well, we'll look into that. And I, I just want us to look at this finance issue as well, because I think it's very pertinent right now that you, you're highlighting Professor Guto, because also we, it was announced recently that uh, South Africa's finance minister, uh, Tito Mboweni, has been appointed to be a member of the board of the trustees of the African Union Peace Fund. We know that this fund is very important when it comes to mediation efforts and peace support operations on the African continent. Uh, how significant is that particular move, uh, having uh, South Africa's finance minister? What do we also need to do within this particular fund to re-energize uh, the mediation uh, mediation efforts on the African continent? It is very important indeed, but I would like to say how does it connect with the uh, agreement that we move towards Africa, creating the Africa uh, a continental free uh, trade area? Mm. How does it connect? with the Africa Development Bank, sure. based in Ivory Coast and so on. I think these are very important. Otherwise, you just nominate presidents and ministers and 
you send a message that there's something changing, but nothing changes. Mm. So I don't think that president should be the one really dealing with the question of uh, his fund. And so we need experts. And uh, presidents are not experts of anything. They can, of course, be on the board and be able to approve certain things which have been provided by a technical and professional expert. And that is part of our weakness in Africa, that we engage in creating all sorts of commissions, all sorts of, you know. So that's where we are, but I believe that we can move ahead and re-energize the African peer review mechanism. It is already integrated into the Africa Union. The fact that it is based in Midrand here in South Africa does not mean it is not an organ of the African yeah, Union. Yeah. The fact that the Pan-Africa Parliament is based in the Midrand in Johannesburg does not mean Pan-Africa Parliament is not part of the Africa Union. So let us stop this nonsense about saying let us integrate when they are already integrated. The question, how do you empower them? Yeah. Well, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to continue that because also under discussion, Professor Guto, is the fact that, um, you know, the whole fight within the Pan-African Parliament that most uh, MPs they have been uh, calling for is for that parliament to have legislative powers. And right now it doesn't really have that implementation force. Maybe that's what's also keeping things back when it comes to um, implementation processes. Uh, and well, that's maybe why we're seeing uh, the idea of getting things into action being stalled because a pub right now is seen as a talking shop and not really having uh, real legislative powers to make things actually happen on the ground. We'll we'll come back to that. I'm also told that we're uh, trying to connect with Coletta Wanjohi on our Skype. Uh, maybe after this break, we'll also get back to her and try to get more of an update because she's right there. That's why we're so passionate about getting her into the show because she was right there in the action of this weekend's uh, proceedings. So we'll try to see if we can connect with her after this break. Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize it's just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it's one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9am with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time 1000 African Voices with me, Awurengwi C on Channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Today, we're trying to see really what is the work of the African Union. Are we going to see real changes within the African Union? It seems very slow-paced, the real operations that we want to see as ordinary citizens, as we've been highlighting in this particular uh, program. We're seeing a lot of uh, bottlenecks, 
seeing a lot of duplication of functions even within the African Union, as was highlighted by Professor Guto. But also, we're seeing also some of its programs not being in- implemented in their full potential. Uh, for example, what uh, the professor has highlighted, especially when it comes to the African peer review mechanism. Let's see if I can connect back with Coletta. Coletta, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I can hear you clearly. Okay, fantastic. Uh, Coletta, we've been speaking a lot of things and, you know, we've been centralizing things around this issue of uh, the uh, programs within the AU. What um, Professor Kutu has been also speaking about is the fact that we need more uh, synchronization with the different mechanisms, whether it's the work of uh, the Pan-African Parliament, whether it is the work of the Africa Peer Review Mechanisms, And also, um, the Continental Free Trade Agreement also brings another addition to the the mix. So there's so many things happening, but they're not really being synergized. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's, uh, the point where these guys are looking for reforms or heads of state. But at the end of the day, it's about political will. I mean, we all know that what they've been discussing, uh, discussing over the weekend is not new. They've discussed before. Some of these things were passed a long time ago. If you look at, for example, the African Union Peace Fund, uh, it was established in 1993, I think, but it has not been uh, operationalized until now when they're doing even a relaunch of it. I mean, so it is about political will. We've got heads of state who know what should be done, but they keep postponing what should be done. And that's what uh, President Paul Kagame said uh, at the end of the, of, the, of the summit. He said member states are raising issues that should not be raised, but at the end of the day, they will still have to do them in future instead of just doing them now. So like Prof said, there are issues, especially amongst the, the mechanisms within the African Union. Duplication is a big issue. But you see, when we talk about duplication, if you talk about, for example, the African peer review mechanism, if you talk about NEPAD, which is now the Af- African Union Development Agency. These are uh, are agencies within them, they've got head of state who sit at the highest level. So we've got small, what we would call small mini AU summit. And at the end of the day, it's like they compete with the African Union Assembly decisions. So things are done at the African Union Assembly level, but at the end of the day, there are also smaller deals that are done within the mechanisms that do not tally with the African Union um, Assembly resolutions. Also, another thing that has come out as a, as a big issue is the issue of uh, giving power, like just Professor said, giving power to some of these uh, instruments within the African Union. You've got PAP, you've got the, the, the Courts of Justice, we've got two within the African Union that have been established by the African Union. Union Assembly, but they do not have powers. But at the end of the day, you look at it from the other side, you see that the presidents or the heads of state do not want to give power to these institutions because then they will overpower their own national institutions. Because if you have a very powerful uh, continental uh, court of justice, then it will overrule some of the, the, the constitutional courts or some of the courts within the national systems. And at the end of the day, some of them are thinking they'll be shooting themselves in the in their foot, you see. So the biggest problem is they do not intentionally want to give power to these instruments. It's become like flowers. I mean, they, they make these flowers mm-hmm. very beautiful. If you look at the African Union structure, it is beautiful, but without power. I think that's where the big problem is. But the power lies with the African Union heads of state. 
they keep meeting, they keep discussing the same things, but it's the same, same them who keep saying, let's postpone this, let's postpone this. Mm-hmm. So it is about political week. That's our biggest challenge. Sure, Coletta. You know, that was also an issue that was highlighted by um, um, Paul Kagame, as you rightly say. The fact that there's always this huge conversation around implementation. Shouldn't we actually see heads of state letting go of these particular powers and letting these things actually be debated within these instruments that we're talking about, whether within the context of uh, the Pan-African Parliament, because already they have actually disseminated uh, representatives within those particular different bodies that you've actually highlighted. Can't they actually debate those issues on that particular level? And we started actually... Um, localizing and domesticating some of these issues instead of always taking them to higher levels and it, it's, it ends there and we don't see this implementation. That would be the ideal solution. That would be the ideal thing to do as, as AU before, as, as they establish all these instruments and all these mechanisms, but that's not happening. And it's not happening because uh, when we asked President Kagame during the press conference at the end um, what he thinks about uh, African countries feeling that uh, having a very strong African Union through the reform agenda will, will kind of uh, water down their national sovereignty. He said it's a, it's a real thing. It's a real fear. But he said these are the sacrifices they are, that uh, the member states have to make in order to have a very strong continental body, one with a, with a, with a big global voice. But you see, uh, the reality on the ground is the heads of state do not want to do that because they know the implications. They know that at the end of the day, if you empower the Pan-African Parliament, it can overrule some of the things that have been uh, uh, passed through the national parliament. It can give orders. If you empower the, the continental justice system, then you can be able to even try some of these uh, leaders within our, our continent. They do not want that. So they, do, they just want to, to stay safe. But the problem with trying to stay safe is that the, 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 the reputation of the African Union Summit is going down the drain. I mean, ask any citizen, do you think the African Union is working? They'll tell you it's, it's a quote-unquote, uh, just a barking dog. It cannot bite. So that biting is what they should have, but it's not happening because individual member states do not want to be party or to be party to a situation whereby they'll be put under the same instruments or mechanisms that they gave power to. Let me take it to Professor Shadow Gute as we're about to wrap it up. Professor Guto, from your perspective, we're discussing now this issue of national sovereignty versus uh, the instruments and the, the, their strength within the African Union. There's no balance there. How do you think we can get this right? Uh, because it seems like you have uh, power-hungry leaders versus uh, the technocrats who are trying to get things implemented, but the leaders have a different viewpoint in terms of how things should unfold? First of all, my suggestion, knowing the AU and having been operating with the AU for a very long time, even when it was the OAU, I would say, first of all, stop sending uh, really dilapidated politicians and or ambassadors to the AU structures. Some of them are former ambassadors, and then they are sent to the AU as commissioners or as technocrats, but they don't have the ability. They're just roaming around. Secondly, on the question of the Pan-African Parliament, I would say that, yes, the Constitutive 
act of the Africa Union indicates that it was to be transformed so that it can be able to make certain modern laws or rather structures or areas which are agreed on on the continent. Of course, they can't replace national parliament, but they can have modern laws for Africa, and they are not doing that. Because even there, even though it is provided that every country can send five MPs, members of parliament from their country to the Pan-African parliament, but many do not even send anybody. So they are weakening the Pan-African parliament. It can play a major role. Uh, NEPAD can be strengthened, I agree, but it doesn't necessarily mean to be removed from uh, the location where it is. So there's a lot we need to do, and I would ask that people read the NEPAD properly, and uh, the, uh, the constitutive act of the African Union properly. They understand the regional economic community and the new ones. They are not just the ones we say, oh, we recognize eight of them. They are more than that. So we need to mm. educate ourselves mm. as we move forward. Mm. As mm. Africans and people interested in uplifting Pan-Africanism and building the new African zone, we need to be serious. All right, we're going to leave it there, Professor. Thank you for your time and thank you to Coletta as well for her patience as well. And uh, we really appreciate both of you for giving us your time on our program. Thank you. Thank you.